Hello, everybody. This is <laughs> Joseph P. Farrell with news and views from the Nefarium European franchise on Friday, June 29th, 2018. Um, as you've probably gathered, I missed yesterday completely, and that was entirely my fault. I thought yesterday was Wednesday, and it was actually Thursday, and this is what happens when I'm writing a book and I get lost and I lose all sense of time. I had fully intended to do a news and views yesterday, but better late than never, better a day late and a dollar short. Um, <laughs> as it turns out, the European Union is, um, I, I got to tell you, I've put on weight with my popcorn eating watching these guys, and I've got two articles uh, that I want to share because I'm going to pass along some speculation that is shared with me by someone in Europe that let's just say is involved in finance that <laughs> leave it nice in general. But I think maybe uh, that individual's speculation may have some traction given the two articles I want to talk about today, because as you may or may not know, right now, the European Union is having a summit. All the leaders are gathering together in Brussels to see who gets to play Charlemagne. And right now, <laughs> right now, it looks like Italy is <laughs> it's playing Charlemagne as predicted. So I've linked one of these articles. I have yet to link the second article that I just found. Um, I want to read several paragraphs. It's from Zero Hedge. In fact, I'm I'm it's almost the entire article I want to read because you just you just have to admire the stubbornness of the Mr. Global Loney Eurotechnocrat uh sticking to their dogma when it's very apparent that it's completely falling apart. Um so here we go. The EU Council, and this article, incidentally, is from yesterday. The EU Council has canceled the press conference at the end of day one of the summit and in a very diplomatic statement makes it clear that it's Italy's fault. The European Council this afternoon had an exchange of views with European President uh, Tajani and NATO Secretary General, as well as the discussions on security and defense, jobs, growth, competitiveness, innovation, and digital and other issues, such as enlargement, uh, MH17, and MFF. As one member reserved their position on the entire conclusions, no conclusions have been agreed at this stage. For this reason, the press conference by the EU institutional representatives has been canceled and will instead take place tomorrow after the end of the Euro Summit. Can you guess who the one member was? If you guessed Italy, you're right. <laughs> now, this is where it gets great. Listen to this, folks. As Bloomberg reports, Italian Prime Minister Giuseppe Conte issued a threat to veto the summit's conclusions on Thursday during a two-day meeting of the EU leaders in Brussels, taking place under the cloud of a block-wide dispute over migration. Conte is demanding other EU members share the burden of refugees landing in Italy at a time when German Interior Minister Horst Seehofer has told Merkel 
to broker a deal that would allow migrants to be sent back to Italy. <laughs> so in other words, this whole this whole mess, which is of Angela Merkel's making uh, and the United States, I would add, is is now saying Germany is now saying, or at least the Interior Minister, send these refugees back to Italy. Italy's saying everybody else gets to help us pay for it. So this this is fun, folks. Conte and Merkel met on the sidelines before the summit began. Conte told reporters he had received many positive assurances from fellow leaders, but quote, today we want these proposals to become fact. Unquote. In other words, enough talk, let's say some action. He said he doesn't want to consider the possibility of vetoing a final statement, but if Italy doesn't get what it wants, we surely won't reach common conclusions. Italian officials later reiterated the threat during Thursday evening, while inside the room, Conte refused to allow other topics such as trade to be signed off on until migration was handled. A veto would be a stunning step, one which would nullify not just all aspects of migration policy reached by the 28 leaders, but also their conclusion on matters from security and defense to trade, effectively wrecking the summit. Most importantly, it would leave Merkel to return home empty-handed, forcing a showdown <laughs> with the Bavarian party that is threatening to defy her and potentially split the coalition also potentially ending her political career. As a reminder, Merkel faces a weekend ultimatum set by her Bavarian sister party to tighten borders or risk the collapse of their three-month-old coalition government. She told reporters the summit would be, quote, above all about protecting the external border, unquote, and added that, quote, she was willing to discuss migrant centers, camps, folks, in other countries, <laughs> but cautioned that, quote, we have to speak with those countries. <laughs> no, really, Angela? We can't just speak over the heads of other countries, unquote, like you did when you crammed your immigration policy down everybody else and their throats, huh, Angela? So let's, uh, let's end this first article with the following paragraphs. As Bloomberg reports, according to draft conclusions, the leaders will promise to stand by Italy and other frontline states to stop sm people smugglers and work on regional disembarkation platforms, camps, to distinguish between refugees and economic migrants. Oh, so they're going to say, where have we heard this before? They're going to set up camps to sort people, okay? The document also includes an appeal to counter the flow of refugees between member states' so-called secondary movements, which are seen as jeopardizing the open border Schengen area. Work on changing the Dublin asylum rules is postponed. Some may think I'm too tough in my proposals on migration, said Tusk, the EU president. But trust me, if we don't agree on them, <laughs> this is classic, folks, then you will see some really tough proposals from some really tough guys, unquote. <laughs> oh, I wonder who those tough guys might be <laughs> anyway. Now, um... As you can tell, I'm I'm making 
light out of a serious situation because it's just in a certain sense it really is kind of comical that now they're we're going to set up camps uh to sort people and move people from one camp to another in, <laughs> in all these countries so what's the game all right and the game might be related to an article that just appeared on zero hedge today and if this is the game um and, and there's a part of me that suspects it is because I kind of had this suspicion about this whole European migrant crisis for some time, and at least half of my suspicion was confirmed. Um, this, this second Zero Hedge article is about uh, French President Emmanuel Macron. The article is titled, Macron's Plans... Uh, plans compulsory military service for social cohesion. <laughs> okay, note that, for social cohesion. It's kind of like Napoleon, you know, we're promoting social cohesion by getting everybody <laughs> to be a soldier in La Grande Armée. But anyway, <laughs> here we go. And I'm, again, pulling certain paragraphs out from this Zero Hedge article, one, uh, a few towards the middle, and then a few towards the end of this second article. And I will put up the link uh, for everybody on the YouTube channel. It will be, the link is already there once it's posted on the uh, Giza Death Star site. So anyway, here we go. It will be national service in two parts. The first phase is a mandatory one-month placement with a focus on civic culture which the government says will, quote, enable young people to create new relationships and develop their role in society. Isn't that sweet, unquote. Voluntary teaching and working with charities are among the options being looked at alongside traditional military preparation with the police, fire service, or army. The second phase is a voluntary placement of at least three months and up to a year in which young people will be encouraged to serve, quote, in an area linked to defense and security, unquote. But again, they could opt to carry out volunteer work to her link to heritage, the environment, or social care. It's not quite the program Mr. Macron initially had in mind when he first floated the idea during the 2017 race for the presidency. It was sort of a military service in miniature, with all French citizens forced to have a direct experience of military life for a minimum of one month between the ages of 18 and 21. That's now been softened and broadened into what's being called a universal national service, partly because of concerns that would cost too much and overburden the country's armed forces. Now I'm skipping towards the end here. Mr. Macron is the first French president not to have done military service. It was scrapped before the new intake in 1996 when Mr. Macron was 18. Before that, all young Frenchmen were expected to serve for the best part of a year in the armed forces. And this, incidentally, was fairly typical of most uh, European countries in, in Western Europe. When the old post-war draft ended in 1997, there was a collective sigh of relief Amid the nostalgia, many people here recognize it had become a social exercise rather than a military one. Twenty years later, it's that social cohesion President Macron wants now to recapture. 
France has increasingly become a multicultural nation with increasing social divides. Macron hopes to provide some sort of social glue to foment social cohesion in the Western European nation with compulsory military service. His neoliberal ideology of a multicultural nation state, however, is more than a cheap attempt to square a circle. Culture is an organic phenomenon that requires a certain degree of homogeneity, which is something that the West has been on a crusade to utterly destroy. Empires have managed to rule over various lands with differing cultures by respecting them instead of forcing them all to fit the same mold. But Macron thinks he can do what no nation or empire in history has managed to accomplish, to erode social identities without offering a replacement and hoping to provide social cohesion. Perhaps he should crack open a history book. In other words, what Macron is suggesting, and I suspect that this suggestion will spread to the rest of Europe as a component of creating a common European military. And we've already seen Macron and Merkel beginning the talks to create this. France and Germany have been pressing for this and have been moving in that direction quietly for a number of years, regardless of what else the EU wants to do. And I suspect that this is related to the migrant crisis. Now, my original thesis many years ago was that they were doing this to create a sense of cultural cohesion that the European Union itself as such lacked. You had, in other words, a bunch of nation states with their own cultures, but the European Union itself did not have any sort of identifiable cultural identity attached to the notion. So how do you do that? Well, you bring in a completely alien culture that's totally foreign and refuses to integrate to and, and make this a European-wide phenomenon in order to force people to wake up and realize, hey, whatever else we can say, our German, Italian, French, Spanish culture, what have you, they may be different from each other, but they have much more in common with each other than with this group. So I have always suspected that part of this migrant crisis was a cultural agenda to create precisely a European sort of conscious cultural identity. And now with Macron and his continuing emphasis on social co cohesion, I suspect what we're watching is a beta test or a rollout of this idea that we are going to create social cohesion through a military that everybody shares in common. Now, this could also go the other way. And, and my finance friend suggested this other route. And the other route would be, okay, use the migrants as your mercenary army. In other words, put them in a position where they don't have to integrate where you are still paying them essentially what amounts to a welfare check and use them as cannon fodder. Now, that's a possible strategy. Um, it didn't work out very well for the Roman Empire, let us recall, but, but at least the, the precedent is there. Uh, Bonaparte was rather more successful in using uh, allied peoples as components of the French army. So whether or not that's the plan remains to be seen.
But I do think now Macron is rolling out an idea in France that they are going to kind of beta test there and then try and apply the model to the rest of Europe. The problem is Italy's not going to play ball until they get what they want. Um, the, the establishment of these camps kind of frightens me. We know what kind of precedent that can set, particularly if they're sorting uh, mechanisms. But again, you'd want that kind of established uh, infrastructure if you intend on using any of those people for a European army. So lots going on, folks, lots of speculation, none of it very good. Uh, we have Angela Merkel to blame for a great part of this. I suspect that uh, her government is going to go um, one way or another. Uh, even if this this summit concludes successfully, I don't think it's going to conclude successfully enough to keep her opponents in Germany uh, satisfied. So lots going on, folks. I apologize again for being a day late and a dollar short. I simply lost track of what day it was. So we'll see you on the flip side uh, next week, and I'm hoping sometime this weekend to get the new vid chat schedule up. There is no vid chat today, obviously. Um, July, uh, we have the 4th uh, coming up next week. So in all likelihood, I may delay uh, vid chat for a week, but I, I'll have to see. Anyway, uh, keep checking the schedule if you're interested in the vid chats, and we'll see everybody on the flip side. God bless.